0: Liberty lockdown, piss in your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yes, yeah, on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone. Don't need a king, get them off the fucking throne. If you ride right with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe. Let's get into the show. Here we go. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. I have a very special guest with me today. Um, I have been trying to figure out and wrap my head around cryptocurrency for about a decade now, because I'm a libertarian and I've been in this scene forever. And I thought, who better than Bank of Erica? Hi, Erica, (laughs) (laughs) how are you doing? How
1: are you doing really well? How are you, Clint?
0: I'm good, I'm good. Um, So I've only been following you for a few months now. I, I don't actually know your background on what you got or what got you into this. So uh, if you could just give us like a kind of note version of how you found cryptocurrency and and why it appealed to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the first time that I ever heard about Bitcoin was 2011. And the reason why was because I was campaigning for Ron Paul. I was a delegate in Washington State for him. I was about 19 years old. And um, it was just among those people of liberty minded individuals that I first heard about Bitcoin. Unfortunately, you know, I was 19 at the time. I didn't have any money and the on-ramps in 2011 weren't as easy as they were now. Mm-hmm. So I didn't buy in, but um, I thought it was a great idea. And especially um, just seeing it be a beacon of hope in terms of technologically advancing our libertarian, libertarian ideas.
0: Nice. Yeah, I, I actually, a uh, quick side note, I had a, uh, a tenant in 2011 um mm-hmm. i bought this huge house in escondido california and i uh <laughs> i very stupidly declined this offer but you're gonna get a kick out of it so he uh i had this this giant house and i i had uh a dividing wall between the top floor and the bottom floor i lived on the bottom floor i built a separate kitchen so i had like my own little apartment unit and i rented it rented to these three other libertarians up top mm-hmm. and one of them reached out to me and he said hey man i'd like to uh, start mining for Bitcoin, and I'll uh, I'll give you half of the you know whatever it produces if you cover the utilities for it. <laughs> and I told him no because I am an absolute moron. <laughs> uh, God knows how much money it could have been worth, but anyways, yeah. uh... it's a good
1: lesson because you know what it teaches people because a lot of people have similar stories to that. Of is course, that when you hear about something that sounds interesting, especially among people who are like us look into it don't dismiss it
0: yeah so. yeah for sure and I think the the real problem as odd as this sounds is um I really understood economics on a deep level and and I was a hard money lender and apparently mm-hmm. um that's the real like mental shift that's necessary is that the hard money people in particular have a real hard time wrapping their head around uh bitcoin in particular because it's just like I st- and to this day, and I guess I'll just hop right into the questions. By the way, I'm not going to go really rudimentary on, on the listeners. I assume this is a libertarian audience. They'll, they'll have, you know, what is a blockchain and all that. And I'm sure you're sick of explaining it. So I'm going to ask kind of the deeper level questions if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, whatever you want. Okay. But cool. no, for hard mind, that's why I like to use this as my background, especially I was looking at your Twitter and you seem like to, to be very well informed on what it is that. Holds value, so I mm-hmm. like to put this picture of Bitcoin by gold because right. people need to realize that Bitcoin is digital gold.
0: Well, uh, that's that's exactly where we're going, so that's perfect. Perfect lead-in. Um, so, I, I guess I'll just start with that. What? Why is it that Bitcoin one is mm-hmm. worth, you know, whatever it ends up being worth ultimately, and Bitcoin two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, to infinity mm-hmm. doesn't reach parity in price with these other with the the original chain can you explain just kind of simply that i don't know if that's even no no
1: Okay, so uh, when you say Bitcoin one, I assume you're meaning BTC, the original yeah. Bitcoin, the original blockchain. When you say Bitcoin two, three, four, five, six, you're talking about Bitcoin cash, Bitcoin gold, you know, uh, all of these different forks of Bitcoin that have existed before. Sorry, now, no,
0: no, I actually I do not mean the forks. I mean okay. I mean, couldn't you isn't it reasonably doable to just duplicate Satoshi's code, mm-hmm. create Bitcoin 2? It, like I'm trying to get to why it's not duplicatable and basically a fiat currency in its own right. Because it, it can just be renamed into a different brand and then duplicated. Is that Does that make sense?
1: So that's what they've tried to do before, right? Uh, that's yes, why you have a Bitcoin Cash. That's why you have a, a Bitcoin Gold. Now, um, Bitcoin is open source software code. So for people who don't know what that is... It- It means that your software code is posted in a public place for anybody who desires to, to be able to read it, verify it, and say that it is doing what it says it's going to do. If an example, for example, um, Bitcoin, BTC, there is only ever going to be 21 million Bitcoin in existence. And now you don't have to trust me. You You can go online Read the software code and verify for yourself that there is that set limited supply. Um, Bitcoin's production schedule is is probably one of the biggest reasons why it adds, it grows in price because you can time its production schedule down to almost even the hour. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason why, um, so so okay, now there have been these copies of bitcoin people go on online they say wow the software code is incredible let me copy paste it i'll make bitcoin cash i'll make bitcoin gold but you're seeing that these other currencies have not taken off Mm -hmm. now the real number one reason why is decentralization okay so the the problem with money supply is that you get a few a, a group of people in our real world today, we call them the Federal Reserve. You get that group of people, and at first, maybe they're well-intentioned, but eventually, they start to print more, give it to their friends first, and completely mess up the money supply, okay? Now, because Bitcoin is software code, this is impossible only when the system is decentralized. So what that means is... is um you don't have more than one person that has enough control over the network to change the monetary policy of Bitcoin. So your friend, you know, the one who was living uh, upstairs from you, he is contributing his computer power to verifying the integrity of the network. He's just honestly, all his computer is doing is running math problems, math problems, math problems, making sure that everything is accounted for in the Bitcoin system. Now, when you do, when you don't have um, Bitcoin core, they have this this idea, it's called like the Immaculate Conception. You know, it's Jesus was born without a father, and the the mother was a virgin. Uh, this is kind of how Bitcoin was formed because, as you guys probably know, uh, nobody knows who the creator of Bitcoin really is. It was likely a group of people. It was likely a group of cypherpunks, but you can't point to one person and say, This is the creator of Bitcoin because then that one person has too much influence over the network. And if they decide to become evil and they want to print more Bitcoins and they will have the ability to do that. So this immaculate conception idea of Bitcoin was really what makes it important because like... Uh, let's say like Mark Zuckerberg, right? He tried to make his own cryptocurrency. It is a, essentially, he saw the open source code of Bitcoin said, how can I take this, modify it, change some things to benefit what I'm doing? Now, once Congress saw that Zuckerberg was trying to make his own currency, they called him into Congress and they shut him down. He's still building it, you know, because they have their weird ways. But um, the, the inability for that to happen is what makes it important because you will never have one person one entity one government with too much control over the network so the first one is decentralization when you see something like bitcoin cash when you see something like bitcoin gold when you see something like ethereum all of these other cryptocurrencies there is a group of people that you can point to and say these are the people who are behind the scenes working it for you it's like i don't know your friend but thank you for trying to contribute to the integrity of the system and you know anybody can really anybody can plug in uh plug in a node. A node is 50 bucks and you are contributing computing power to the integrity of the network. So decentralization is the first reason why uh, Bitcoin core is the most important. The second reason is, um, security. Uh, Ethereum has been hacked before, you know, many of these other cryptocurrencies have been hacked before, but Bitcoin has never been hacked in its 11 years of existence. Uh, it is the longest chain, meaning that, um, you know the economic principle of adding work to something in order for you to receive the benefit back. Uh, Bitcoin has the most—we call it hash power—so it has the most computing power that is are securing securing the integrity of that network. Um,
0: and that's just a product of how many people are out there running nodes, correct?
1: Running nodes and miners, yes. Okay. The combination. Mm-hmm.
0: Gotcha. Um, okay, so. I hope that helped <laughs> no it, it does it's okay. still it's still like for me it's just so hard to wrap my head around the fact that you know this this is open source code like i could literally grab it take it on my computer today start you know clint coin and obviously it's not going to get a- anywhere near the acceptance level that bitcoin has and i realize that that's part of the value there's all of the the programming costs uh, or the uh processing costs that went into mining all the coins, like that's, that's intrinsic value. There's, there's real value in Bitcoin. So I'm not, I'm not a total non-believer. Mm-hmm. It, it's simply that if it is duplicatable under a different name, mm-hmm. um, it seems to me that those coins over the very long term should find parity with one another. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't know that you know, 20,000, 50,000, 100,000 makes sense. Uh, I, you know, I don't know that it doesn't either, and I and I mm-hmm. understand your point about the immaculate conception, not knowing who the originator is, and uh, I think that, that to me is is still the biggest question I have about it is like why why is you know I, I realize any any technology into a uh, what they call blue water, which is where you have no competitors, which was basically the the environment in which Bitcoin was born. Mm -hmm. Um, you get, you get a leader similar to like how MySpace took over. I guess my Mm -hmm. question for you is why do you believe so strongly that no, that Ethereum or any of these other ones won't supplant Bitcoin and its dominance in the field?
1: So, um, Ethereum is, is a great technology. Personally, I'm invested in Ethereum and it's done well for me, um, now, when I look at Ethereum, when I look at the specifically Ethereum and Bitcoin, you know, specific, Ethereum is speculative technology investment. Ethereum does not try to be sound money. Nobody says Ethereum is digital gold. Up until recently, they didn't even have a limited supply. You know, oh, Bitcoin- did they
0: did they put a limit on it recently? I didn't know that.
1: Um, they, they say there's a limit, but it's like when you have a core group of devs that are able to change those things quickly, it's like, they really don't have a limit on Ethereum plus they're coming out with ETH 2.0, like who knows what's going to happen with that. But, uh, Ethereum is, is great, but they're a speculative technology investment. They're not digital gold, right? Bitcoin has the limited supply. Uh, Bitcoin has the control distribution schedule, and it also has the, um, like you said, it, it, it grew up in an environment where it was the only one and there was not much competition. And that network effect is going to be very, very hard to reach for for other coins and other cryptocurrencies. Now, I mean, another thing is that um, right now in the government, there's a lot going on with CBDCs, Central Bank Digital Currencies.
0: Yep. They World are, Economic Forum wants, to, wants yeah. to kill us all. But anyways, we don't have to go there.
1: <laughs> I mean... Everything is going to exist on a blockchain, if you ask me. It is going to be the internet 2.0. Now, a blockchain is just a distributed database. That is the easiest way to describe it. Um, But like I said before, the real thing that we need to look at, especially when we are considering something that is a long-term store of value, is how many people have influence, major influence over the network. So, for example, uh, there's a cryptocurrency called EOS. EOS. They raised about four billion dollars for their cryptocurrency, and it's a smart contract cryptocurrency, much like Ethereum. Where it's a it's a speculative tech investment. There's amazing things being built on it, really incredible, and they're going to change the course of the future. But they're not sound money. Like no, none of even the creators will tell you it's not sound money like Bitcoin. Um, so. EOS, what their big uh, you know, claim, one of their big network rules they put was they put 21 block producers. What that meant was the consensus mechanism of uh, putting something onto the EOS blockchain at the EOS ledger, another way to describe it, you would have to get uh, 11 plus people to agree that, hey, this is correct. This is ma- mathematically accurate. This is Correct. Right. And then it gets onto the blockchain and then we continue. And we continue. Now to manipulate 11 people, pretty that's easy, e- pretty easy. Yeah. Right. But with Bitcoin, it's like if I wanted to, manip- you would have to manipulate 51% of the world's population that are running these computers. You would have to find them first. You don't know where they are. And then yeah. you would have to incentivize them enough to destroy a network that they've invested a ton of money into ensuring that it is accurate and true. So mm-hmm. game theory a little bit, but um it's it's the idea that you don't want to you don't want a small group of people in control of the money supply.
0: Of course yeah I mean that's the the whole libertarian dream is to get away from central banking. Why would mm-hmm. you create a cryptocurrency that could then be? manipulated by a small nefarious group of you know bankers it it doesn't make any sense and
1: and that's what's happening i mean you said it yourself the world economic forum and the and the cbdc's they're going to use the blockchain technology and they're going to put some currency on it and they're going to distribute it in a way that puts you probably in a little bit of control like under their control um Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and they're going to be able to do modern monetary theory they're just going to you know trickle uh, a few electronic digits into each of their slaves uh, account. Uh, I honestly believe that's, that's what they envision. And uh, I know it sounds like uh, if, if I heard myself two years ago, say it, I would think I was a crazy conspiracy theorist. I, I, I strongly believe that's what they intend to do. So people should plan accordingly.
1: Yeah. And, and we've been desensitized to it for sure. You know, um, earlier this year, Microsoft put a patent out this patent number, look it up. It's 2020 6 And I can send you the link if you're interested. Uh, but it's patent number 2020-666, you guys. <laughs> this is Bill Gates putting this through, the king of viruses. Now, what this patent does is it is a device that reads your body data and rewards you in cryptocurrency for performing certain tasks. So oh my God. you get the... Yeah. I know. You get the vaccine? <laughs> that is horrifying. $1,200. You don't get the vaccine? You don't get your money, right? right? right. And, and here's the thing is that for me personally, it's like, I know that the world was always going to move towards a one world government. We are going to move towards a one world cor- currency. It's prophecy. It's written. It's going to happen. But I don't want to be afraid of it because then I can't be informed enough to help people combat it. So cryptocurrencies, there is going to be one that's going to be used widely distributed by the government. And it's going to be, like you said, um, the, uh, what is it? The the, uh, basic income or the-
0: Oh yeah, UBI. Sure. Yeah, the
1: UBI. Exactly. It's going to be some level of UBI. But the cryptocurrency that will be used will never be Bitcoin. And so this is where you're going to see people, intelligent people who are intelligent people be able to operate on a system that is outside of the control of whatever system they're going to push us onto. Because we are moving towards cryptocurrencies, but I prefer to operate in something that is, you know, they can't force me to have Bitcoin. They actually would probably want to shut it down.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that that actually brings uh, up a, a good next topic is how, given that, you know, the US government doesn't allow any sort of competing currencies in terms of fiat, and it doesn't even allow coin printing or minting. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, they have allowed Bitcoin to continue on. Um, first off, do you envision a time where they intro, uh, introduce their central bank digital currency and they ban all cryptos, just Bitcoin, any, any of those scenarios? And obviously, uh, I know it can still go black market. It's not like Bitcoin will disappear, but it certainly could make it harder to utilize and could damage the value of it long term. What's your kind of prognostication for where we go in terms of the regulatory environment?
1: Yeah, so uh, Bitcoin was labeled a commodity by the CFTC in like 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit confusing the regulations behind it because in some states they'll call it a currency, and some st- and it just completely changes the taxes behind it, which is frustrating. But this is how this is what government is, right? They're reactionary. They don't know, and then they react, and then sometimes they make the wrong decision, and it ends up hurting themselves in the long run. Um, but in the case of Bitcoin, I do think that depending, I mean, they're gonna try to to stop it because like you said they want every single dollar every single money that is made they want their cut of it um, so that could happen but like you said as well it doesn't mean that the black market for it won't exist
0: mm-hmm. do you so, think well first off I, I don't I know that they're trying to to increase regulations in terms of reporting to the IRS and things of that nature mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know if you can answer this directly without Outing yourself, but uh, can you can you explain to my audience, or just to me? Just pretend that you're just telling me, and you're you're totally above board. How do you how do you go about acquiring Bitcoin without using a a brokerage or um, some sort of trackable entity that could ultimately report you? Do you have to create your own node? I I forget. I've read about this briefly, but I don't understand it. So,
1: Um, don't put this online. (laughs) Okay, I'll tell okay. you. I'll tell you, but just don't put us online because like, I don't want to okay. get in trouble.
0: Yeah, no, I'll, I'll cut it out then. That's fine. And we're back. Um, I got some some DL secret info, which I'll never share with you guys. Anyways, I,
1: I don't know, you guys. That was the the response. He didn't want to embarrass me. I don't know. I don't
0: know. <laughs> um, all right. So back to the blockchain. Uh, I, I have one question. And honestly, this may be outside of your purview as well. So feel free to say you don't know if you don't know. <laughs> Uh, but do you think that that the advent of quantum computing could in, in effect break the blockchain?
1: So this is why the, okay, so the quantum computing at the level that it's at right now could absolutely break some smaller blockchains. There are projects that their project is to hook up these smaller blockchains to the Bitcoin blockchain because it is still uh, far, far, far more computing power than quantum computing. Now, Interesting. That's right now. Okay. Let's say a couple years down the road, quantum computing also is going to get stronger. But as that happens, Bitcoin will simultaneously also get stronger. So anything is possible. Quantum computing could break the blockchain. But at that point, you know, Bitcoin's market cap right now is about $320 billion. Okay. Apple's market cap is $1 trillion. There is a lot more incentive for someone who has a quantum computer to break an individual government that's market cap is bigger than Bitcoin, or you know something like Apple. Hack into Apple software and do whatever it is so you can take everyone's money who uses Apple Pay. I mean, it's just really low on the totem pole right now, but as quantum computing gets better, you're also going to see encryption algorithms, you're also going to see other technologies also get better. So anything is possible, um, but it's not it's not unilateral
0: and what i think that's interesting about that is say you go you you're the first person to get the craziest quantum computer ever created you mm. go out there and you steal everyone's bitcoin bitcoin is then value this because you have you have all of it and there's no like how are you going to use it without people knowing that you're a criminal um, exactly. so yeah you could steal maybe like a percentage of of the entire portfolio but then at that point bitcoin would plummet in value because people would know that it was no longer secure so um i and, think that's the, interesting
1: yeah it's game theory right that's what makes bitcoin valuable it's game theory why would you destroy something that you've you've probably spent a lot of money to get that quantum computer mm-hmm. right and then if you want to steal all the Bitcoin, which what they would do is they would use quantum computing to hack into the back end of some exchange that has a lot of Bitcoin, holds a lot of Bitcoin for people. Right. But they still wouldn't really be devaluing the network. They would just be stealing from an individual. And that's when you see all of these hacks, like, you know, millions, billions of dollars hacked and stolen from in Bitcoin. Bitcoin blockchain has never been hacked. It's these third-party exchanges that hold the coin that get hacked and then stolen from.
0: Well, as the great Nick Sabo always says, third parties are, uh, what is it, security holes or something like that? Yeah, makes uh, sense. <laughs> are you familiar with him? He, he's actually been, uh, we're mutuals. He's got, he's like, I think he was the the original programmer on uh, mm-hmm. BitGold so, back in the yep. 90s
1: hmm So Zabo is legendary. He follows me on Twitter. So Ty Dick. I don't think he knows me personally, but we, we have a lot of the same views. So I think he appreciates my uh my random survey questions.
0: Same. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're he, so positioned. He, he he followed me after a, a thread I put together um that went super viral back in I think it was May or April when mm-hmm. I, I put together an entire like I don't even know how to describe it, but just a demolition of lockdown policies and mm-hmm. and he retweeted it and followed me after that and that was actually thank i want to thank him directly for doing that because i hadn't really um taken the time to you know follow someone who's an intellectual in the field until mm-hmm. then um it's it's amazing i guess that's first and foremost what i want to say is it's just amazing how intelligent the the people at the the top level of this stuff are it it it's rare I enter an environment in which I feel dumb, and mm-hmm. and I feel like uh, the cryptocurrency world. Uh, maybe it's just because it's outside of my specialty, but uh, computer programming. Oh, that's a good that's a good lead-in. Do you do you have any uh, computer programming background, or or do you is your profession separate from that?
1: So I coded my own like Zanga page in HTML back when I was in high school, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a computer programmer. <laughs> But uh, I do so- like, I've done a business, uh, business things before where I, I mean, I've done roles in my old world where I just communicate with computer programmers and make sure that they understand what it is that the client wants.
0: So you know how to speak autism?
1: Yes. I do. <laughs> and Nick Savo. So, or Nick Savo, um, he is probably, if he does, if he's not part of the original group of Satoshi, which I think he is, uh, he knows who, he knows the people in that group. So Bitcoin, although it's been running since 2009, the idea of a digital form of money for the internet has been built on since the internet's been around. So Nick Mm -hmm. Szabo and Bitgold is one of those iterations. And what Bitcoin did was it took B money, hash cash. It took every single one of these iterations of a internet money and built upon it. And now we have Bitcoin. So even though it's only since 2009, it's since like 1989 that people have been trying to create money for the internet.
0: I think that was the the kind of awakening that I had is that I struggled to imagine something just coming out of thin air in a decade and being worth you know a third of one of the biggest companies in the history of the world in apple. It, that's that's what I've struggled to to wrap my head around. but then when you when you think about it and you you actually evaluate, all of the geniuses that worked on this in different ways and that kind of came together in this beautiful fashion. It really is an, it's an amazing innovation.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: I'm, I'm floored. I'm floored at the mental power, like collective mental power that went into um, the ultimate programming of this stuff. It's, it's really a beautiful thing. It's kind of like, I, I have to pull back sometimes because I'm such a, a, you know, Died in the wool libertarian that like this is so appealing to me like to have a currency that isn't duplicatable that you can't you can't print into oblivion that's private I mean like you can't I don't even think you could come up with something that's more appealing to libertarians than bitcoin yeah, um, I mean, so it's I, a godsend. I, I have to fight myself to not fall in love with it if that makes any sense
1: no I agree with you and that's the thing too is that like You know, okay. You I don't know if you know this, but the Genesis block, the first block of the Bitcoin blockchain, it references the second bailout of the banks. So in the block, there's a, a, a note that Satoshi wrote saying the Chancellor bailed out the banks for the second time. What that, it, it, and it was the, it, cryptographers do this, but it was the headline of the Times newspaper on January 3rd, 2009, when the first Bitcoin blockchain was mined, to show us that this money is a revolution. You know, it, it, is, it is the software, it is our political ideals that are now possible in hard money. I mean, really, before Bitcoin, and, and I, I can't think of any other type of money that makes somebody sovereign. You know, the only other thing I can think of is taking physical delivery of your silver or taking physical delivery of your gold. But even in that sense, if someone knows that you have those assets, they can come over and they rob you. Lead is also a really great thing to have, right? (laughs) (laughs) But with Bitcoin, you know, the sovereignty of it comes, I call it a brain wallet. If I remember my private keys, if I remember my password to my private wallet, nobody there's no back door to my money Mm -hmm. all i have to remember is 12 words and i can lose everything cross borders with my wealth intact it's stored on the blockchain which there's a node up in space right now so if things were to be destroyed on earth you still would have a copy because the group like you said the group of people in bitcoin are so innovative they've gone to those heights um, and as long as I remember these 12 words and later on I can get access to a cell phone, a Wi-fi signal, you know, or a computer and a Wi-Fi signal, then I can participate again And you know you could even send Bitcoin over radio waves. So there's a lot of different um, a lot of different avenues that are covered with a digital money that are not covered when you have to deal with gold and silver.
0: Yeah, no it, it in some ways it's it's actually better. Um, I think the only way it's not better is that there is no utility like Mm -hmm. i mean there's obviously there's utility in in all those ways that you just described but i I just mean in terms of like i can actually use gold to create you know Mm -hmm. jewelry and things like that or silver for that matter um there is a, a historic track record for those assets that i think i think that's the main thing i want to get across to my audience is like i am not advising that gold and silver are dead like i think that they have a place in a portfolio I think that they're important to have because ultimately as beautiful as Bitcoin is, I still have enough questions about it. I wouldn't recommend putting all of your assets into it. You know, like I think that it's, it's certainly worth diversifying into. Um, And that leads into my next question. Do you have a personal opinion as to what percentage of a portfolio should be held in cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin specifically? Do you have, I mean, obviously this is, this is not, uh, financial, financial advice, advice. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> what do you what do you think
1: this is not financial advice I'm not a financial advisor depends how your risk appetite is <laughs> now you're such a pro <laughs> but I, I love, I mean, I love gold. I love silver. Trust me, like a uh, store of value money, especially when you look that in 2020, we've expanded the balance sheet by, I think like we're at 77% right now. You know, it took us like 200 years to get to $22 trillion in debt. And within the past, I don't know, eight months, we've added $5 trillion to that. It's yeah. incredible. So whatever it is that your money's in right now, especially it's important to hold it in something that someone else who doesn't care about you has control over to print more. Now, percentage portfolio-wise, um, the big guys who are huge fund managers, they'll say 2%. But it depends on your risk appetite, right? If you're a younger person, um, I would say you know, you don't invest what you're not willing to lose always. Uh, because who knows? Like Bitcoin blockchain could get hacked tomorrow and everybody's money is gone. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, it's very unlikely mathematically wise, but, um, it's, uh, just, you know, don't invest what you're not willing to lose. The big guys say 2%. I say go all in, <laughs> but this is not financial <laughs> advice, not financial advice.
0: Well, I I mean, really hope- and it,
1: sorry. The reason why I say that is because, okay, two, two reasons. And, and this, this is, um, this helps me explain, because I, I speak to a lot of wealth managers. I speak to a lot of people who are into hard money, right? Gold dealers, silver dealers. Um, and they we have great conversations because they understand why it's important. They don't maybe understand the technology, but they understand why. Now, for them, um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, la, 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 la.
0: <laughs> the hard money wealth advisors hard
1: money wealth advisors i talked to them about bitcoin and they they like it even though even though they don't understand the technology but um okay yeah okay. so what helps them, especially because these people are generally older, is if I name drop big names that are already pro-Bitcoin, right? So Fidelity. Fidelity manages $2 trillion, largest asset manager in the world. They have been mining Bitcoin since 2013. In July of this wow, year- they- I didn't know that. Yeah, they've been mining it for a while and it's, you know, know, people don't know. And and the thing is, is Fidelity is not going to put that out there because it was so speculative in 2013. But now here they are, July of 2020. If you look it up online, you'll see Fidelity's investment thesis. And it's a great read, really well written. But if you look at, they they reference this stock to flow model, right? Um, And basically it is supply and demand of Bitcoin. It's the control distribution schedule of Bitcoin. And what this stock to flow model predicts is that Bitcoin could very well be a million dollars. It's, which is, they don't say it outright in the paper, but if you look at the stock to flow model that they reference and you read the stock to flow model, that's what it says. Now, the other thing is um, Citibank, right? Citibank, pretty well-known in the United States, very well-respected. They put out something predicting Bitcoin to be $318,000 by December 2021. Very, very possible. Now that seems like crazy numbers, but we talked about earlier, we talked about market cap, right? The market cap of Bitcoin is about $330 billion right now. That's super, super small in the grand scope of things. So in doing some math, um, If Bitcoin were to go to $100,000 a coin, the market cap of Bitcoin would be $2 trillion, which if this is a digital gold, if this is supposed to disrupt digital gold, gold is a, a, what is it? $8 trillion market cap. So Bitcoin going to $100,000 with a $2 trillion market cap is still only a fraction of that of gold. $2 trillion is still you know, it's, that's how, that's how much money fidelity manages alone. And they're just, and they're money managers. They are the largest money managers, but market cap, you know, we're yeah. still early to the party.
0: So it seems as if Bitcoin at 400,000, just extrapolating out would be, would put Bitcoin at the same market cap as gold. It's physical gold. Do you, uh, I know I'm, you know, holding your feet to the fire here, but okay. what, what's your, what's your expectation?
1: My price prediction.
0: Yeah, um, I'm sure you get asked this all the time. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do think by uh, 2022, especially February, Bitcoin will be 250 thousand dollars easily. Wow. I mean, we're seeing, and here's the thing too: is that like it's it's all supply and demand. Just like three days ago, the CIO, the chief investment officer of BlackRock, is talking about Bitcoin competing with gold as a store of value. Yep. And it's because. It, and we have to think about this is that there's 21 million Bitcoin that will ever be in existence of that 21 million, there's about 18 million that are out and distributed right now. The mm-hmm. rest of that are being mined. Um, if we, we don't have to go into how mining works, but the yeah, they'll be, diff-
0: they'll be finished by like 2050, right? <laughs> uh,
1: 2140
0: will be the last. Oh, wow. That long, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's a, it's just a trickle by then.
1: Yeah, exactly, because it's half, 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 halves. Right. So for it to actually half 2140, the last one will be mine, And then at that point, um, the way that miners are incentivized will be transaction fees. Mm-hmm. So um, with that said, uh, you're, you're seeing that these miners are... Wait, we don't want to talk about mining because that's too confusing. Uh, but <laughs> okay, so black hole, right? 18 million in existence already. 21 million ever will be in existence. Of that 18 million... Some of them are lost. Like people lost their private keys. They sent to the wrong address. It's been burned. Like nobody knows where they are. Satoshi's wallet himself has about 2 million coins in them that have not been moved in years. Um, Probably, you know, people think Satoshi died. I don't know. Who knows? If those coins move, I don't know what's going to happen. But people watch his wallet. I'm sorry. This is also another great thing about the Bitcoin blockchain is that you can see in real time where money is moving and how it's moving. You can't see names, but you can see, oh, wow, someone just sent twenty one thousand dollars from this wallet to this wallet and so there's a level of transparency there that is not possible with anything else to, to um, clear
0: to clarify that real quick though mm-hmm. it when you say you can see it and I know that it is it's anonymous it's just the uh it's the wallet or the what is it the key? Well, I don't
1: know. The wallet address, the public Yeah, the key. wallet address. There you go. Yeah. Um, it's pseudonymous, not really anonymous. Uh, that's one thing that we have to understand too, is that if you're trying to get away with like doing illegal stuff and you want to use Bitcoin, Bitcoin's not the one to use. There are other cryptocurrencies <laughs> out there that are completely private. <laughs> you, said that,
0: you said that with such confidence. Uh, and I agree with you. Um, So if it's Oh no I lost my train of thought. Anyways, <laughs> keep keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: so okay, uh, in terms of price appreciation, right? 18 18 million are already out. 21 million will only ever exist. Of those 18 million, there's less because some of them have been lost, burned, etc. And People who own Bitcoin and they own they they understand the value proposition of it, it's like gold. They're not spending it. They're saving it for a rainy day. So what's gonna happen is when you see these big guys like BlackRock come in, when you see these big companies, when you see people start to understand that this is digital gold and they want to buy in, buy in, buy in, the supply and demand, right? There's gonna be a higher demand than the supply, and the price has nothing else to do but go up and up and up.
0: In in that regard, it's kind of interesting that. Like uh, I forget the name of the company. It's the computer programming company that bought. I think it was a half a billion dollars worth. Uh,
1: MicroStrategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and you you hear stories like that, and you're just like, it's weird. It's kind of weird that Bitcoin hasn't gone parabolic already. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that curious to you? I mean, is it just that? Is it just that all of these old heads like me that are so stuck in our ways in terms of uh, money management? Just can't get off the couch and go go dive in, or what do you think it is?
1: So, uh, Michael Saylor bought 425 um, million dollars worth of Bitcoin, and he actually just bought another 50 million. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about Michael Saylor is that so he lives here in Miami and oh, well. maybe i don't maybe like a year ago I, I didn't even know who he was but a girlfriend of mine is good friends with him so we go over to his house and i'm like i start arguing with him about bitcoin cuz he's like no this is fake like all the me. bad things yeah seriously and what? so uh, you yeah, are I mean,
0: you it, did you shift the entire paradigm of cryptocurrency I think he might have.
1: (laughs) When I left, he still didn't like Bitcoin. You know, he actually, he didn't start buying into Bitcoin, he says, until... um, I think
0: it was August, right? uh,
1: Yeah, until recently, until coronavirus happened and he had some time to really look into it. Now, Eric Weiss, who is the the person who, I mean, the reason we started talking about Bitcoin, because Eric was the table, Eric told me what he did. And I was like, yeah, dude, I have a Bitcoin center in Miami. Like, totally cool. Eric's great, by the way. So if you guys want to custody some coin with fidelity definitely talk to clint clint let me know um it's uh that their their hedge fund with eric is is probably one of the most cost effective especially for fund managers um but anyways yeah so it's it's just interesting because like sailor was not interested in bitcoin and then he did some research watched everything he could read every book he could and now here he is um you know he put $425 $425 million in back in like August, September, he's already made $200 million on that 425 million. His right. stockholders are probably super, super happy. <laughs> and I mean, he is he is kind of like me where um, he's kind of like a Bitcoin maximalist. I, 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 um, a Bitcoin maximalist is somebody that thinks only Bitcoin. All of these other cryptocurrencies are just gonna fall to the wayside one day and they're gonna be useless. And all of their use cases are gonna be ported onto Bitcoin. Very possible. I am a capitalist. I think that we should let people play in the market. I think that there's speculative tech investments and they will do well, especially if we think about market cap and how small their market cap is. And if they do well, that upside is going to be in the hundreds of percentile. Mm -hmm. Um, But Bitcoin is still the only thing that I really recommend people to purchase because it's the only thing that is sound money. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, when you see people like that and you see their huge Bitcoin bets, it's like $425 million bought uh, OTC from a giant like Coinbase. Um, you're not going to see like that a huge move in the market, but you you kind of did see it though, right? Because in in August, September, we were at, I think like
0: 10000 Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. It was like lower, (laughs) lower. It was like low five figures. And now here we are at 20. So you do see those moves affect the market.
0: Yeah. Well, it. I mean, because there's only 21 million, it's, it's pretty easy to move this market. You could have, you know, Apple come in with their entire cash surplus and and really, really shift this thing. So, so I, I don't think we ever got to the answer. What, what is it? Do you think that's, that's preventing other people from doing it? Is it just because it's too speculative? Is it, uh, Just new Um, to new. I mean, what's your opinion on that?
1: I think that we would be surprised to see how many people actually are doing that. Right. So
0: uh,
1: Cash App has been offering Bitcoin since 2018. And if you look at Cash App's balance sheet, you're seeing that... um, in quarter three of last year, it was like 80% of their money came from selling people Bitcoin. And it was like throughout the entire year, it was like 50% of their income was from selling people Bitcoin. PayPal, as of a couple of weeks ago, offers people Bitcoin. Um, And and the thing about PayPal is I would be a little bit careful because they're not really selling you Bitcoin. They're selling you an index. Uh, You can't send it off your PayPal wallet, which to me makes you not sovereign. If you're not holding your keys, they're not really your coins. You're just trusting in the the same financial system it's the same thing as having a paper certificate saying that you own gold who knows if it's really there we don't know you have to trust someone yeah. um, trust but, third um, parties
0: or security risks shout out exactly. nick sabo
1: <laughs> shout out nick zabo for sure yeah but uh, i mean i think we'd be surprised to see how many people are actually buying into it i mean you see like uh in 2017 you're seeing like jamie diamond of chase bank say bitcoin's a scam right and then that same day on the order books you can see jp morgan buying bitcoin so it's wow. like you know these people do do as they say not a, do as they s- do, do not as they say yeah. De-
0: duplicitous bastards oh it's not it's not too surprising um well what what uh what's the best brokerage in your opinion if you were to use one
1: um it depends on how much you want to buy and it depends on your a lot a lot okay so <laughs> let's say that like there's different needs right so let's say that you have a 401k or an ira that you know is going to shit because it's all in equities, it's all in the stock market and you see how much money is being printed then i would suggest you know find a, a bitcoin hedge fund where you can uh it's called k1 meaning that when uh, you're invested into a fund, meaning that you don't have to check that box on their IRS tax form saying that you own cryptocurrencies because you're invested into a fund. Uh, It's, A non-taxable event. You can roll that money over, and you're in something that is the best performing asset of 2020. I mean, we're up 150 percent this year, right? Gold is up 87 percent, still still well, uh, but Bitcoin's up 150, right? Especially in comparison to the dollar. Now, Mm -hmm. that's for people who want to, you know, who have those resources. Um, Let's say that you wanted to buy for for maybe some smaller people. I just what I tell people is you buy it on Cash App. Download a wallet like Exodus. Exodus Exodus.io is kind of the preferred wallet that I have. Uh, Send it to there, so you're sovereign, but you need to make sure to write down your private keys. Those 12 words are very, very important. Yeah. Now, let's say that you're in the middle of that. Like, uh, definitely though, if you're interested in buying large amounts, talk to me, like, I got you.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, (laughs) just to give you a quick uh, bit of my background, I. I started my own hard money lending mortgage brokerage in 20 what was it gosh i guess it was only 2013 and i'm basically retired now i'm building six houses and then i'm going to be like done so cool. um but i don't own any fucking bitcoin so i'm a massive hypocrite and i'm an idiot and i don't know how this happened it's um, still so, early man yeah well <laughs> i, I Yes, it is. You're right. I, I have to remind myself of that. It's just tough when you're like, I had a guy approach me at $10 and I was like, no, no, I'm like 20,000. Give me as many as you got. Like, it's yeah. so stupid. It's so counter to how I invest. But anyways, uh, so I am once I build these six houses and I and I liquidate them in you know March or April of next year, mm-hmm. I have to make major, major portfolio decisions. And, and mm-hmm. that's part of the reason I'm having smarter people in this field. Like yourself on is to educate both my audience but more importantly me i want to know <laughs> what the hell i'm doing so uh, i mm-hmm. will definitely be following up with you after this um you know maybe early next year once this gets more real um, mm-hmm. but i i really do appreciate it because so back to the the hedge fund real quick the uh what is the the minimum is it like a million dollar buy a hundred thousand do you know
1: uh, there's a couple different hedge funds, which is why like we should definitely talk privately to see exactly what it is that you're looking for. Sure. Uh, but there are some where the minimum is 50K, 100K, you know, okay, half so a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's not too crazy. Um, and- but I mean, this this particular hedge fund that I'm thinking of, Blockyard Fund, check it out. If you guys go to them, make sure you say that I sent you, okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, of <laughs> Great, great friends of mine. Uh, but if you, I mean, they're the, the traditional hedge fund this year is up. I think like 12%, which is great. That's, that's an amazing number in terms of tr- traditional hedge, fund, hedge funds. These guys are up like 170%, right? Wow. So it's like completely blowing these other people out of the water. And you know that's not gonna happen every single year. But if your money is in an IRA or a 401k right now and you see it doing absolutely nothing, um, self-directed, I, I, not a lot of people know this. You probably know this though, but it's like 3% of IRAs are self-directed. And they hold 97% of the money, so it's why is that? It's because people who use self-directed IRAs have money. they, (laughs) They have money, but they're also investing it into assets that that appreciate more over time. They're not just putting it with some wealth manager who thinks, "Oh my God, let's buy bonds." Like, who? No way will you ever see young people buy bonds. And you know that brings me to another point: is that this is, this is really millennial money. So for example, um, uh, Mad Money Mike, right? What's his name? Mike, uh, he has the show where he hits the button and he's super crazy. You know, Mike- uh, Is it Mike? No, 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 it's- uh. It's
0: Mad Money Kramer. Jim Kramer.
1: Kramer, Kramer yeah. yeah, Jim Kramer. So Jim Kramer also talks about Bitcoin. He used to hate Bitcoin, but as, as of maybe, let's say two months ago, he's been publicly on podcasts saying that, okay, I understand Bitcoin. It's because my kids might forget where I hid the gold. He's like, My kids will understand digital currency better. They'll understand. I just have to remember these 12 words. Okay, cool. They understand Bitcoin. And what we need to know is that millennials, the average age of a millennial is about 28 years old right now. So we're finally getting to the age where we will have wealth to be able to invest. You're not going to see us buy bonds. You're not going to see us buy into the stock market that we don't trust. You know, a lot of millennials saw their parents lose their homes in the financial crisis. Like my parents lost their home in the financial crisis. And so why would I trust in a system that has done nothing, but screw us over. Mm-hmm. And so we're getting to that age. We're also the largest group of people right now. So our financial decisions really matter and this kind of it pushes into the retail requirement for Bitcoin, not just the institutional.
0: Yeah are you are you disappointed with the evolution of um, the technology to be able to use? I, I and I know it's been rapid so I'm not like shitting on it. I'm just saying mm-hmm. are you disappointed that it's not more, commonplace that you can use this really easily everywhere? Is it, is it surprising to you?
1: So, um, first thing. Uh, in the United States, we maybe don't understand as much because we live in a relatively stable economy. But when you see places like Venezuela, when you see places like Turkey, like Zimbabwe, they heavily use Bitcoin. The number one place uh, for Bitcoin adopted right now is Caracas, Venezuela. And it's wow. because they need it, right? Yeah. So in the United States, maybe we don't understand as much, but it is heavily used. Mm-hmm. Now, the ramps for people to be able to use Bitcoin, like I have a card from Crypto.com, Um, not a plug, but maybe it is. <laughs> but uh, they they sent me a Visa card, and anywhere that accepts Visa, I can spend my Bitcoin just swiping my card. Like people. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Super. super the on ramps, the on ramps, the off ramps are better now than they've ever been before, and this is also why you're going to see a price appreciation because beforehand to get your hands on Bitcoin was pretty tough, but right now I can just go on Cash App and buy some. Um, so first thing, it is adopted in other countries. Second thing. Um, in you know the the use case of it is good it is very possible the the um but the the last thing is that uh, the technology especially for something that is global money you want it to be slow and steady you know you want them to to be building uh, you know people will say oh Bitcoin's not fast enough it's not fast enough so we can't use it. I don't care if Bitcoin's fast enough. I want it to be secure. I want it mm-hmm. to make sure that it's not going to be hacked. And eventually, just like Most the internet, importantly, I
0: want it to retain value.
1: <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. and it being usable quickly is, is, I mean, is gold usable quickly? Like it's no, not, right? Not at all. But the dollar is. And that's not what I want. I want. I want gold in terms of my money instead of a dollar. But what's interesting is that um, right now for the internet to be used, there's seven layers to the internet. Everything, people don't even know that. But no, we widely use the internet. Yeah. So there's seven layers to the internet to what we use today. And Bitcoin, Bitcoin Core is the first layer. But there's a second layer that's being built right now called Lightning Network. Mm-hmm. Still speculative, still in the works. But it's very possible that this could be the payment layer that allows for Bitcoin to be faster. Um, but it's just being built on. And, and I don't mind. I would rather have them do it right and slow than, you know, uh, leave bugs for us.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I, I just think that I'm surprised, given its increase in popularity, that mm-hmm. I'm not seeing it everywhere already. Um, but I guess I, I have to remind myself, it's only been a decade, Clint. Like, relax, you know? Like, yes.
1: Yeah. I, I just want to say, too, like, I don't even <gasps> This is a, you're a Liberty person. So I can say, I can say, I can talk about politics and I see your twi- your feed. Oh, I don't yeah. want the liberals in here. Like, I don't <laughs> want them in here. What I want is I want smart people like you. I want people who are like, Okay, so first of all, um, there's a thing that I put on my slides and it says, I came for the Lambo, but I stayed for the revolution. Mm. What you're seeing is you're seeing all these people say, oh my God, I can make money with Bitcoin. What is this? And then they find out what is the Federal Reserve. And then they find out these are the issues with the banking system. And then they find out, oh my God, like we're not based on the gold standard anymore. They don't know any of these things beforehand, but because of Bitcoin, they learn. So it is really like this. It's this heightened, like there's so many philosophical things I love about it. But at the same time, it's like I want everyone like you, like your listeners, to get into Bitcoin to have their money stored in a sovereign way, and then let's let everybody else figure out what it is. Yeah. Uh, but really, it's like this is why libertarians, this is why anarcho-capitalists are the whales of the new world. And it's interesting. I was having dinner with some people the other day. Both you know have Bitcoin since 2011. Multi, if they're not billionaires, they're they've got big time, yeah, big time, right? Um, and For them, we we were talking about it. We're like, if you have one Bitcoin in the future, you are the new elite. And what that means though, is that these people, we came into cryptocurrency because we saw an issue with the, the banking system because we are libertarians. And so I'm, I do hope that this new world, if it goes the way that you know I project it to, is that these people are principled in their morals and that's why they were awakened to Bitcoin before other people were. And we'll make sure that we live in a world that has limited government because all of these people inherently just want to be left alone you know they mm-hmm. just want to be able to conduct their business um, and just not have control of over other people
0: and, and they'll be the power brokers because they'll be you know some of the wealthiest people on earth I think that's probably the most hopeful aspect of Bitcoin is that so many in the Liberty community have gotten crazy rich from this stuff and I would just like to see them um, you know utilize that in some way to to help the the rest of us out. Uh, I mean, I'll be one of them eventually. I'm I'm you definitely will. I'm definitely going to get involved in this at some point. Um, and I don't know. I, I won't go into any details about that. That's too much information. But um, I think that's that's one of the most hopeful aspects of this is that it does it does seem as if um, the the you know we're only probably one percent of society in terms of like this ideology and this outlook. Um, but if we can all kind of like rise our boats before, before all the status get their boats risen to, uh, that sounds tremendous to me. So I hope you're right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because like, for example, um, the whole like coronavirus lockdown vaccine stuff happened. And I have a, a friend who, th- there are some doctors who are on, they were in medical school, they were like practicing doctors and they were on the forefront of just try to expose what's happening with um, just with the coronavirus, the, f- the fakeness of it, right? Now, because they bought Bitcoin early, they were able to speak out against the powers that be and not have to worry about becoming poor because of it, because they yeah. were like, okay, well, we're inundated. And that's how I feel about myself too. It's like, I could probably, I mean, I just feel like, you have to be careful what I'm saying. Yeah. (laughs) Doctors, doctors inundated from, um, yeah. So I mean, they were able, if they were regular doctors, then they would have to listen to what their medical professional says and they would have to listen to the rules, but because they were financial freedom, exactly. They're financially free. And so they were able to speak out against, you know, just the tyranny that's happening in our world right now.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's hugely important. And that's actually been part of my show's, uh, you know, original concept is that because I am a wealth manager, I want to advise people on how to get ahead so that they can be free from not just government, but also the corporate environment where, you know your your food supply is dependent on your opinions. You know, like mm-hmm. that's awful. I and I hate I hate that society is headed in that direction. So I just very much want people to to reach that or reach for that financial freedom while they have the opportunity to, so that they can still be. The few that are capable of speaking out because i really feel that we're headed into a dark winter so to speak
1: yeah no i i agree with you we want to make sure that as many people who have the same ideology as us are the ones that are going to get power in the new world because the thing is is like nations rise and fall you know power structures have risen and fallen since the beginning of time and for some reason now we are in a time where those who are um and you know it's gonna go back to evil but we're pretty, it's pretty evil right now. So the pendulum needs to swing back. It needs to swing back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, if it doesn't swing back, it's going to get very dark. So, mm-hmm. uh, we need people like you and, and I, not, not to be narcissistic, but uh, yeah. honest to God, like people that don't want to rule over others exactly. are the ones that need to rule over others. Exactly. <laughs> and I have no interest in dominating anybody. And that's why I'd like to see people with my ideology end up in political power. Um, so that hopefully yeah. they can dismantle the system, but you know, that's, we'll see.
1: Yeah, and it's cool too, because you see people like early investors in Bitcoin. Uh, I don't know if you know about Parler, but you know, Parler, some of their biggest seed investors are people who made a lot of money in Bitcoin. And wow. It's because they're no like- Wow,
0: idea, that's funny. Yeah,
1: they're like free speech, let's, let's make it happen. You know, we've gotten, and the thing too is that, this is what I love too about the current political environment. You know, anarcho-capitalists, minarchists, libertarians, those are my people, right? But right now you're seeing Republicans, you're seeing the right get completely censored on so many different platforms. So getting kicked off Twitter, I personally have my Instagram taken down, not because of politics, mostly, you know, probably there's probably a lot of reasons why, but um, not that either. (laughs) If if that happened on Instagram, they love that. Like they would keep me, but no, it's because I'm very outspoken about Many different topics. Well, I'm um, I'm
0: serving my first seven day on Twitter right now. Just so you know, are you? Yeah. So <laughs> well, for I, what? I I said that um, uh, Latinos for Liberty was was talking with someone, and the person said, "Well, shouldn't we give Joe Biden a chance? What other choice do we have?" And I said, "No, clearly I don't think you should. I believe that you should secede from those that wish to enslave you." That's what I said, and I caught a seven day suspension for that. Nope no oh. profanity, no threats. I said it verbatim what I just told you is exactly what I said and I caught a seven day for it. I am stunned by it. I, I if you can't tell someone that they should secede from someone who wants to enslave them, like what are we doing here? It's really it's really mind-blowing to me.
1: Yeah, are you on parlor?
0: I am Good. Good. <laughs> I mean I have an account, but it, it's you know you grow an audience on one platform. it's just so it's tough. tough. It's just so tough to go over and start started a new, um, but you know, I, at some point I'll probably have to, so.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's, it's tough for me too. Cause I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't even know if I'm going to do public stuff anymore because I don't want to get kidnapped. I need to like really be careful, <laughs> but cause that's what's going to happen. I mean, our economy is going to crash. The people that have cryptocurrencies are going to be the ones that rise up to the top and they're going to become targets because people know I have crypto. And so, um, I really have to, I'm trying to maybe be more careful about my public appearances, but um, you're just seeing that the people who own Bitcoin, they want to fund movements of freedom Yeah, and they're not sellouts, which
0: is great. And they realize how important it is because, I mean, they don't want to, they don't want to live in a, in a world that's as dystopic as this past nine months has been, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's my whole passion here. That's the whole reason I do this show. That's the whole reason I rant on Twitter all day long is that, you know, I really care about these things. And when the government shut down my my business and um, it kind of, it activated me. And I feel like it, it activated a lot of people out there that were otherwise quiet. Like I, I hadn't even been on my Twitter account in years, like 10 years. Um, I mm-hmm. started in 09, but I hadn't used it until like 2019. And I think that the the increasing tyranny is freeing up the few people that are like you and I that may have been quiet until it got really bad. And now it's like, okay, um, all the things that I've been concerned about for you know the 20 years that I've been a libertarian uh, are coming to fruition. And now it's no longer like sit on the sidelines and hope for a savior. Um, we all have to kind of get involved, or at least that's my perspective on it. I don't know if you're as Black pilled as I am, I mean, I'm white pilled ultimately, but I'm I'm black pilled in the moment. Like it is very dire, is what I'm saying.
1: What is what's the difference between uh, white pilled and black pilled? Would you say?
0: Uh, to me, black pilled means that it's overwhelming darkness. You just don't see any way out. White pilled mm-hmm. is, regardless of your perspective of the current moment, you believe that there will be a positive uh, ultimate outcome. So mm-hmm. you're optimistic in in the face of darkness, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, what, what I, do you think? I know.
1: I think I'm definitely, I mean, I shove people down the rabbit hole. So I'm like, here, take the freaking red pill, you know? (laughs) But then I'm like, I'm like, I guess it's, then I followed up with a white pill maybe because everybody talks about problems. There's so many problems, but Bitcoin is a technological solution and it's not the perfect solution. And it's not the only solution because really we can't like one, one thing that bothers me about some Bitcoiners is that they're like, okay, well, I've made my money, like, and I support things, but they're, you're never going to see them like out in the streets doing grassroots stuff. And that's fine. Like they don't have to, and I'm sure that they fund things that make that happen. But I do like, if you have Bitcoin, you guys, like, you you need to understand that you have it for a reason and you need to be making sure that tyranny doesn't come to the united states so many like so i mean not just the united states like wherever you are in the world because if it happens if it's happening here it's going to happen everywhere around the globe and i know that like like i write for an offshore magazine i write a bitcoin column for escape artist insider magazine and Really great publication on how to, you know, get second passports. Make sure that you're free to move around the world because once, I mean, they're they're already talking about it. You can't fly on the airline unless you have a vaccine. Uh, you can't leave the country. The U.S. passport used to be one of the best passports, but as of this year, it's become horrible. Like there was a certain time where the only place you could go if you had a U.S. passport was Mexico, a couple countries in Africa, and like that was it. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, always having that backup plan is good. Uh, but in terms of of just like Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, um the 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 free world is is shifting. Yeah. And we're moving online. Like it's yeah. becoming more global. And the, the people, these globalists, or however you want to describe them, um, they are taking control. And what's happening is there is a mass awakening. So you're seeing the right, you're seeing the Republicans who they're smarter than the left, right? In terms of it's it's like anarcho capitalists, like libertarians, Republicans, <laughs> I, just the left, <laughs> and like it just gets and worse. The, and right? then
0: the woke, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. It just gets worse. Even though like uh, Republican versus Democrat to me is like an illusion of choice. Right now, it's it kind of is it's not really right. People are are waking up, and so yeah, no, it's seeing- it's
0: more meaningful now because they've mm-hmm. they have been force fed red pills all all year long and especially with the election i think that that the conservatives are waking up i've been hammering my my conservative relatives on the police topic and them using the nuremberg defense to to defend their actions during lockdown and and mm-hmm. i think it's it's having an impact i mean they are really starting to question their fundamental belief in the system in government and its willingness to protect them I think it's, it's an important awakening and one that we desperately need because ultimately there aren't enough endcaps, There aren't enough libertarians. We need to convert these people. And that's why I was so upset with the trajectory of the LP this year, um, mm-hmm. you know, signaling to leftists. It's like, the fuck are you looking at? Like, it's clear as day. The opportunity is on the right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad to see that um, Dave Smith and a, a handful of other people are stepping up to try and get this ship uh, just pointed in the right direction. And and I'm thankful for people like you that are out there trying to uh, arm people with financial success so that they can you know, break free of these chains. Uh, just tell the truth. I, I think mm-hmm. that's, that's been my biggest message to people is like my, my audience has grown exponentially simply because I tell the truth and it's so hard to find people that have the financial uh, success that can do this. Like, I am yeah. so blessed, and I'm—I will be damned if I'm going to give up that opportunity to talk my my actual truth, what I actually believe, in an unfiltered, unvarnished way that I don't care about PR or HR or any of those shit. Like I'm going <laughs> to tell you exactly what I think, and people love that. So, um, if we can—if we can help more people get into a position that can do that, it gives us a much better chance of long-term success. Sorry, I'll get off my soapbox.
1: No, no, no. But okay. So that, and that's great. And I'm so glad that you're able to do that because there are a lot of people who, like, I mean, I talked, one of the things I love doing is I just love talking to people. And so someone will tell me, like, oh, put a mask on. And I'm, I just ask them, like, do you think this actually works? And a lot of times they'll tell me no. Yeah. And I'll tell them, <laughs> you know, do you realize that every single person who's ever told me no, if they were true to themselves and they didn't, Force other people to do something that they don't even believe in, then we would not be in this situation right now because mm-hmm. most people say, no, it doesn't work. Right. Yep. And so I just, I mean, but, but their reason, and I also understand this, they're going to get fired Yeah. and they can't do that. They have, they have families to feed and they'll
0: be, they'll be socially shunned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah disowned by relatives things like that uh, that's the that's the one thing i always try and drive home to people is that like as afraid as you are of mm-hmm. being the black sheep mm-hmm. i i promise you this as someone who has embraced the black sheep lifestyle you find that there are so many people i have i haven't lost any friends i've gained a ton people people are actually gravitating towards this it's like it's like almost everyone agrees with us i think that's the one thing i want to get across is that even the lefties agree with us to a large extent yeah. they're just they're just playing the game it's all it's all a ruse they, they don't actually even believe in the mass stuff they know that fauci told us we didn't have to wear him in march they're not exactly. fucking idiots like they heard him um but they buy into the to this to the speech and they buy into the uh I don't know, the social engineering and they just buy into it. It's it's weird, but I think that the more people break free, the more people that are physically, or not physically, well, sure, certainly physically uh, imprisoned, but also financially damaged by the lockdowns, the more people are going to be willing to to finally, at long last, start telling the truth. And I think it, it creates kind of a, a virtuous snowball where like, okay, finally... You know, I, I know a few people who are actually telling the truth, and now I get to. And then because I do, more people feel capable of doing it. So um, I think that's our only hope of breaking free of this kind of like mind virus, which is what the real epidemic is at this point, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: No, no, you're you're completely correct. I mean, and it, it is unfortunate that we are going to have to reach a certain level of darkness for people to be able to speak out about it. Yep. Um I wish that it, what I say is that they're going to take a mile, but they're going to take it inch by inch. Yep. And I will not give them an inch because when they take that mile, because it's, I know it's going to happen, human nature, the, the, the trajectory, like they're going to take the mile. Um, I know personally, I'm like, I fought it every single inch, but some people they'll figure it out about 50 yards in and be like, oh shit, what was I doing? How I'd, could say, I have I'd say, say we're, about a
0: ha- we're about a half a mile in. <laughs>
1: we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're definitely far in right now. It's, it's very scary, actually. Well,
0: uh, what, what radicalized you other um, than Bitcoin?
1: Yeah, no, actually, it, it was just Ron Paul. So, oh, this is actually a great story. So I, when I was younger, genuinely wanted to understand politics, loved it. Uh, so what I would do is I would watch C-SPAN, I would watch the news, and I was like, what's going on? I want to learn. And I remember there was this one day where, you know, Joe Biden was VP. I'm watching him talk on C SPAN and he's talking with his hands, saying all these numbers, saying all these country names. Very, very charismatic. I wanted to like him, but I looked at him and I was like, he's lying. And he's not just lying, but he's not even saying full sentences. He's just like, blah, 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 right? <laughs> just saying a bunch of random shit. And so I was complaining to a friend about it. And then they put me on to Ron Paul. And so completely my love for politics came in, you know, became a delegate for him, wanted him to win. But what really radicalized me was, um, being around that group of people and then hearing, at a, as a young person, how corrupt the government was because I knew there was corruption. Everybody knew knows that, but I didn't know the level to which it happened. So this mm-hmm. whole like, oh my god, there's election fraud. There's always been election <laughs> fraud, but the only difference now is that there's people who care, and that's why I love it. Finally, people freaking care. Yeah. But there was a story that I tell pe- that uh, you know someone had told me they went to Florida to caucus in our group to put in their votes for Ron Paul all of the Ron Paul people got on a bus that bus drove in circles and it never made it to the polling place where they were supposed to put their votes in for him. And I was like, what? You're like, what? And wow. so I, yeah, I was completely distraught. And you know, that's, this is also why I forgot about Bitcoin because you know, like when you're in an abusive relationship, you know how you brain dump everything after you get out of the relationship. And so like, here we are. And I found out that I was in an abusive relationship with the state um, left washington moved to florida i started i went to a school called embryo riddle aeronautical university while i was on campus i would still do like economic stuff i would still do like um I, i did an entire speech series on like the corruption of the mainstream media but it was just like this learning that uh learning how corrupt things were because dr paul is a very respectable very intelligent man seeing the news media trash him Seeing them talk about how he has no support seeing them how just talk about like it was like you're you're lying and just learning that at a young age probably the whole like info wars to like alex jones like him bringing information about what's actually happening and you know the number one thing that people have to understand is is our consciousness will tell us like what makes sense mm-hmm. right um, I think a lot of pe- times people's consciences really are seared and they have to lie to themselves. Like I've gotten in debates with people before where they're like, Erica, like you might be right, but I don't want to know. Right. And so they are consciously making a decision to say that I don't want to have the information that will give me something that I don't like. Yeah. And
0: so yeah, I think I, mean, I think just- that's, that's how people viewed the, uh, the Epstein case. Like they can't wrap it. Yeah. The- like they would, ra- even if they know it's true, they mm-hmm. would rather just believe that the government is not involved with, you know, child sex trafficking. Like they, yeah. they just don't want to hear it. Um, no, I, it's that's
1: sad. It's like it's so weird because, like, you don't want that to be true either. I don't like, want I don't it want to, want be true, to be true, true, but I
0: still want to know the truth. You exactly. know, exactly. Yeah, yeah and,
1: and that's where that's where the intelligence levels are different because some people, they just, yeah, and, and you they, know, they it's would so- rather
0: they would rather bury their head in the ground. It's it's very interesting to me. I wanted to ask you real quick. Um, mm-hmm. do you do you think that there's a genetic component that enables someone to be red-pilled? Do you think it's strictly, um, is it cultural? Is it upbringing? Is it familial? Is it parental? Well, what is it that, because you're you're younger than me, do you, how, how do you think it is that you were bred or created to be capable of understanding these concepts at a younger age?
1: Yeah. For me personally, I, I I always feel like I'm like super protected. Like God protects me. Right. And so my parents, when I grew up, they were pretty mean. Like my dad, yeah, it's just not, not a good home environment. And so I did everything I could to not be home. So I didn't, I stopped watching TV maybe in like the ninth or 10th grade. Wow. And I think because of that, because I wasn't, and this is when I, when I talk about people who watch a lot of television, They're hypnotized. Okay. It's not that brainwashed is kind of mean it's true. But what I say is that they're hypnotized. Mm -hmm. And when you're hypnotized by TV, when you're hypnotized by Hollywood, when you're hypnotized by the media, you can't think outside of the box because you have all of these subconscious memories in your head that they have placed there. And they've done a good job at it. So I have compassion for these people. Um, but for me personally, it's just because I I really think it's because I stopped watching TV so young that I was able to say like, wow, this person is lying or not. Now, um, I do think that it's it's also... The government indoctrination camps. It's the school system. It's this this reward system that we operate in where we shove all of our kids into government schools. First of all, government should never be in the business of running schools because then they just became a place for indoctrination. And yeah.
0: I, my, every- my, my buddy Saipo had a great tweet yesterday. He says, mm-hmm. do you want the same organization that bombs kids in other countries to be teaching yours at home? And I was like, yeah no, I fucking don't. I exactly. definitely don't. We're just out of curiosity though. did you go to public school because I did.
1: Mm-hmm. I did. See yeah.
0: see, that's the funny thing. every time I ask someone this question, they always they always list off all of the issues that I agree with, but it doesn't explain, I mean the TV thing does explain it for you, but I'm saying mm-hmm. like, yeah, I agree. the public the public school system is a disaster. but you and I went there and we came mm-hmm. out and we still we got red pilled, we figured this out. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's it's an interesting thought experiment to understand like what it is that sets us apart That that makes us capable of it for me. I think it was largely that my dad was a libertarian mm-hmm. uh, he, I wasn't raised by him, but just the uh, I would see him one week in a month and and we would go on these long car trips And I would ask him questions and he would tell me about the founding of the country and all this mm-hmm. shit So I think that that laid the groundwork for me um yeah. But I had that, yeah. It's it's awesome. I I had that advantage. That advantage most people don't have. That advantage. So I'm just I'm always asking this question because I want to understand how to create more of us. (laughs) You know, like that's that's the reason I ask it. So um, I think that you need to
1: take over the school system. That's needs to happen.
0: I agree. I think that's the number one. uh, I mean, other than ending the wars, which is my biggest issue. uh, Secondarily, I think that in terms of fixing it for the future, yes, I think that um, you know, privatizing school. Getting us away from government-taught schools is like—it's kind of our only hope. Um, Yeah. So I I hope I hope with the uh, the increase in homeschooling during the lockdowns, I hope that people never go back. Like that would be amazing. We'll We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. And, you know, just for your listeners, too, there's a major opportunity right now for people to be homeschoolers. I mean, and it's so interesting because, like, people say, like, Betsy DeVos, so uh, Trump had appointed her as the head of education. um, And she's a huge proponent for the voucher system, which to me is the only system of schools that will actually work, right? It's logically sound. And, Um, now the combination of coronavirus homeschooling, Betsy DeVos and power, uh, there is a huge opportunity for individuals who want to maybe start a homeschool to do so. And also, I mean, Ron Paul has a homeschool curriculum that you can get online. So I just, you know, if you, if you were somebody who maybe, maybe you're a single mom or not a single mom, maybe you are a stay at home mom and you have some time on your hands and you want to make some money, um, Ron Paul be the teacher for the, for your neighborhood kids, get the voucher system money into your pockets, into your home and teach your neighborhood kids. I mean, I can't, you probably have a bunch of parents around you that are working and they have kids at home and they're trying to homeschool their kids while they're on zoom being indoctrinated by the government school system. So
0: that's a great idea. That is a tremendous idea. I did not know that you could actually do that for, homeschooling, you know, your street of children. Like that's, that's awesome. I hope some people take you it's, up on that.
1: Uh, it depends which, I mean, Florida, I'm I'm thinking like Florida laws, Florida has the okay. best homeschool laws, uh, but look it up. You know, if you, it's yeah. something that resonates with you, like look it up, it's very possible. And there's funding for it now that has not been there before.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. Cali, Com- California, where I'm at, probably not an option, but uh, that's, it's wild. It's wild. How good DeSantis has done for you guys. Like You're so fortunate, (laughs) super
1: fortunate. Are you,
0: are you born and raised in Florida?
1: Seattle actually.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. I know, but you, you, you're probably never going back. Um, curious, (laughs) why, why have you not made the plunge into Puerto Rico? Um, Mm -hmm. given the, you know, tax treatment there and the crypto community, all that,
1: it might happen. I mean, I just, I love Miami. Miami's a great city. Um, yeah, just maybe hasn't happened yet. I do think that, yeah, you know, I've, I've really played with the idea, so.
0: Just yeah, saying. I mean, if, because the the reason I'm asking is pretty obvious. If you're right, if Bitcoin goes to a million a coin or 400,000 or even 100,000, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how small of a player you are, but you'll be a pretty big player at that point. So uh, to get those capital gains tax-free would be pretty nice, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, you only pay capital gains when you sell, technically, but... We'll see. I mean, oh, who knows what's going to happen in terms of our government? But I think that we are going to see a major, major shift. Things are not going to be the same.
0: Oh yeah, no. And 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 Puerto Rico is going to be stripped of that that yeah. specialized tax treatment. Uh, it's probably going to be made a like- state too. Unfortunately. Exactly.
1: They, they voted for it to become a state and it passed. Uh, it's probably not going to actually happen for a couple of years. Uh, but for me, my, my thing that I'm working on right now is I'm getting a second passport in Panama um, or not a second passport, a residency in Panama because Panama has this thing called a friendly nations visa. And right now it's relatively inexpensive, mean, you know, a couple thousand dollars. But cool. um, very soon they are going to make it like a hundred thousand dollars plus to get that, and I think it's it's just important for people to have exit plans. You know, I something totally happens. Agree.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, sorry. Keep keep going. <laughs> you
1: know, just uh, something happens to you in the United, like for example. Um, so two things that just I wanted to say before is like uh, in two thousand and twelve, right? Uh, all of the different. Government and banking entities cut off WikiLeaks. So, WikiLeaks was forced at that point to take Bitcoin as donations because they had no other banking that they could use. Right. Um, now, because of that, you know, Bitcoin in, in 2012 was less than $100. So, this is why WikiLeaks was able to exist, is because they started accepting Bitcoin. That's so now, cool. Yeah. And, and you, you, Think about that um, and, and you think about how, I mean, I, I hang out with like some, I guess like kind of high profile right-wing people and they are also getting shut out of the financial system. I mean, a, a dear friend of mine who's who leads, a, I would say the only on the ground, the only people that are on the ground fighting Antifa, he's been cut out of 63 different payment processors and all he does is sell t-shirts and hats online. Wow. how is that possible you know and and so we need to understand that if we do you're not things, talking about gavin
0: McKinnis, are you
1: um it is the proud boys but not gavin specifically okay <laughs> yeah uh, but no they've been cut out of so many different uh, gavin left the proud boys but uh they're they've just been cut out of everything and i can't tell because their their chairman lives here in miami i try to get their boys to accept bitcoin for payment because it's like paypal cash app finds out who they are the the left finds out who they are they'll call their employer until they fire that person right it's completely disgusting like it's completely disgusting um but i mean there's nothing we can do if you're still operating in the banking system you have to operate in a different world and yeah. for for many it's it's going to be a blessing just like how it was for WikiLeaks because we are truth people. And so the old guard is going to shut us out. And thankfully, I mean, if it wasn't for Bitcoin, I, I would be much, much more worried than I am now.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's a hopeful. uh, I think that's a hopeful note to end it on. Um, Go ahead and and tell people your social media hookups and we'll get this out of here.
1: Yeah, for sure. So you guys can find me uh, on Twitter and parlor at bank of Erica, bank of E-R-Y-K-A is how you spell my name. Uh, if you're interested in maybe setting up some time with me, I do 20 minute consultations for people. Um, just what are your needs? You know, how can I help you the best? How can you get the best exposure? You can go to my website, bank of Erica, bank of E-R-Y-K-A.com. Also, I do have a lot of free information on my YouTube. Um, so youtube.com slash bank of E-R-Y-K-A. And um, yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, subscribe to my magazine if you go to my website and please like book a 20 minute consultation with me i will it's completely free depending on how much you want i'll just give you all the answers i just want people who are smart people who will use the money for good later down the road i want you guys to get in first and then let's let all the libs in maybe
0: (laughs) (laughs) you do that for free really
1: I mean, it's a 20 minute consultation. So there's people have questions. Sometimes I can't cover enough. I do an hourly, if you want to sit with me or someone from my team, it's, it's not free at that point, Yeah, Uh, but I do 20 minutes for free.
0: That's, that's amazing. Uh, I think I love you. I can't believe, (laughs) I can't believe that you are, you're doing this to, to just get the, like the good people, the information before the dumb people, like (sighs) <sighs> yeah, <laughs> this is this is so helpful. Anyways, uh, you have you have started my Monday off uh, with a bang. Uh, Erica, it has been a pleasure to meet you and to talk to you. And uh, I will I will be talking to you once I sell my houses and I decide on how crazy I want to get in this field. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah, amazing. Clint. Thank you for having me. And thank you to your listeners for listening. I hope you guys learned something great.
0: <laughs> awesome. Give her a follow, guys. It is at bank of Erica, E-R-Y-K-A. And I will talk to you next time. We're up. Bye. All righty. Thank job. you.
1: That was really fun. Yeah? It <laughs> was really fun, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, is yeah. it is it less boring than some of the other ones you've done?
1: <laughs> yeah, because you didn't ask me like the basic, like, oh, what is Bitcoin? What is blockchain? Which those questions get really... Um, they're, I mean, I feel like I answered them well, but it's still confusing. You know, it's
0: technology. Yeah. yeah, and and it's... I mean, it's just embarrassing at this point. If, you, if you're still trying to figure out like the very very basics of what this is there's fucking a million youtube videos go watch that shit like let's let's get to the next level of discussion on this and yeah and, and that's that's why i just j- jumped and did it because i you know you can yeah. you can get that answer elsewhere i i think that people that especially in the libertarian community we've been thinking about this stuff for years so like you should be on a next level of thought i would hope so
1: yeah you should just buy someone cash out by the way just buy it leave it there just to have some because i do think that we're seeing gonna like we're at we're like playing with 20k right now
0: yeah. uh but we're you definitely think, gonna you see think it we're, probably surpass it you think we're hockey sticking
1: i do um i think we might go to seventeen thousand dollars for maybe like 20 minutes okay. <laughs> but i think that after that I, I think we're going right up to 50k wow because i mean it's just like BlackRock started talking about it the other day you yeah. know, and it's it, BlackRock. If they're going to invest into Bitcoin, they're not putting, you know, they're not putting 10 million dollars in. They're putting like 400 million dollars in, and that moves markets. So.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm so bummed that I couldn't have finished my construction project a year sooner because I would have had all that cash. I would had millions of cash sitting mm-hmm. idle right as the market tanked and Bitcoin mm-hmm. got cut to I think it was eight or seven or whatever it was briefly uh-huh. in like yeah. March. <sighs>
1: God, those are great buys <laughs>
0: yeah that would have been that would have been so fire anyways yeah. uh, i won't i won't take any more of your time thank you so much it was really awesome that really was a blast um thank you so much for coming on erica make sure you guys give her a follow and uh as always thank you guys so much for the five-star reviews we got another write-up because you guys are so supportive from penny pie one two three says uh great Pod great guests One of the best things about this pod is that it brings on new voices Liberty podcast world can feel very circular But Liberty Lock Pod scrapes up the dregs of Liberty Twitter And brings on awesome guests like Phenom, Kurt the Libertarian Thank you, yes uh, That officially was his first ever podcast The, uh, the 20,000 follower Phenom on Twitter himself uh, It was so nice to have him on uh, I would say follow him, but I'm sure you all, all already do And uh, thank you guys again so much for the support if you leave a five-star review, if you uh, if you invest in Bitcoin and become rich because of Erica's advice and because I had her on, make sure that you remember this moment because it could have just changed your life. Who knows? All right. Catch you guys next week. Thanks.